So welcome back to Buzz on Book Biz. I'm so glad you've decided to listen to this podcast and I'm happy to introduce to you my guest. Shelly Francis is an audiologist, coach, speaker, and author of the book titled No Child Left Unwrapped, Understanding and Honoring the Gifts Every Child is Born With. As an audiologist, Shelley spent over 25 years specializing in helping people hear and listen with their ears. And now she helps people listen without their ears. Through one-on-one coaching, group programs, and creative listening journeys, she helps people to reconnect with their hearts and their inner truth, bringing more peace and purpose into their lives. Welcome, Shelley. Thank you. So nice to be here. So Shelley, tell us about when you first started to think about writing a book. Wow. Um, yeah, well, I first started thinking about writing a book probably 20 years ago, a long time ago. I had spoken to uh, someone that was going to be a ghostwriter. And um, in my practice, I was doing something different. Uh, as an audiologist, I was doing something called auditory processing, testing and treatment way before it became a thing. And everyone kept saying, you need to write a book, you should write a book. And one of my patients, one of the kids that I work with, his mom was a ghostwriter. And so she was talking to me for a while. Um, And we actually started writing it together, but she got too busy and she kind of stepped away from the project and I put it on the back burner. Always thought there was no way I could ever write a book. Um, And so then it was in 2015 when I came out of a meditation and I started writing something that I thought was going to be an ebook. And I was very, very excited about it. I couldn't even wait to get to my iPad fast enough to start writing. I wrote that whole day. It was a Saturday. And then I wrote the next day on Sunday. And then the following weekend, I did the same thing. I wrote all day on Saturday or all day on Sunday. And then I started thinking that maybe this isn't going to be an ebook. Maybe this could actually be a full book. And uh, I got very excited about that and was just kept writing for probably a couple of months And then uh, something actually happened in my family that made me put the book down for a while. And I didn't pick it up again for about three years. Oh, my. Three years. Yeah. Is it how hard is it to sort of get yourself back into that framework and, and mental space after leaving it for so long? Well, it actually ended up being perfect timing. And one of the things that I was had learned to trust is that there is a time for everything. And I kept hearing this voice saying, you'll you'll finish it at some point, but right now is not the time. Um, What ended up happening, actually, I had gotten a phone call. uh, It was a Saturday morning. I was going to be writing that morning. And um, it was about 5.30. It was a message um, that my father had been beat up in the nursing home facility or retirement facility where he was living in Texas. And... It just was shocker to me at that point. I really didn't even know the extent of it. Found out later he was pulled off the toilet at 3.30 in the morning and beat up from the neck up. He was in a coma for two and a half months. I was back and forth. I was living in New York, so I was back and forth um, with him. At the same time, my mom's husband had passed away, and she was trying to to relocate from Arizona and move to um, a place that I owned in Florida. And... It was just a lot going on. And my daughter was in college and I was trying to be there for her. Um, But the energy just didn't feel right to finish it. And then what ended up happening 
was, um, and it was about three years later, it was uh, in the beginning of 2018, my dad had passed, he passed seven months after the injury, so he had passed in 2016, and then my mom got, suddenly got sick, and very suddenly, I brought her to the doctor, we went to an MRI, and while we were at getting the MRI, we happened to be across the street from um, the school shooting that was here in South Florida, the Marjorie Douglas School. And it was that day. And we saw all the commotion going on, the cars. And uh, I heard on the radio while we were pulling up to the MRI place that this had happened. And I thought, I said to my mom, I said, that sounds like it must be right around here. And we found out when we went into the MRI place that it was across the street. Um, And then my mom actually passed away seven days later. It was very, very sudden. Um, She was feeling very healthy and fine and running around, um, you know, prior to that. And uh, but what happened was I always knew that in my book, there was going to be a part that I was going to write about why these kids felt like they had no other choice but to walk into a school with a gun. Uh, I was living in Long Island at the time when the Sandy Hook shooting uh, occurred, and I had spoken to one of the moms that lost her son from that shooting. And so there was always this feeling that there was going to be something about that in the book that I was writing. And so when my mom passed and all this was happening around me in my neighborhood, um, there was just this light switch going on, knowing um, that I had to write it. And I think it was part of my healing, too. Um, having lost all three of my parents in a very short period of time, um, it was a healing part. It was I, I wrote the whole book pretty much in two and a half months. Um, yeah, and, but it yeah, but it was I knew it was the time, right? It was just I just knew it was the time. Mm-hmm. Well, that's part of the intuition that comes from being a writer too. I think uh, there's. That creative power, you know, our creativity is linked, I think, to our instinct and our our intuition. So it sounds like you knew it was the right time when it was. So how did you get your book published and how did you go through the process of deciding how to get it published? Well, it's funny, too, because right at at the same time, I was um, part of this uh, marketing group that I had joined. And in this marketing group, I had gotten to know a woman. Uh, who had a self-publishing company. And she had mentioned several times in the group about, you know, what she did. And so um, I reached out to her and I talked to her about what I was feeling and and about my book. And we were meeting uh, with this group at the time. Um, She said, you know, write what you can write. She told me, write as much as as you feel comfortable writing. And and when when we meet together, because we were going to be meeting in, in a few weeks, uh, bring it to me and I'll take a look at it. And so she read it and talked to me about it and told me, you know, the steps to take. And I followed all of her advice. I thought, again, timing is perfect. And um, just went through the process that she put forth um, as part of her company to uh, to get the book published. I needed that guidance. I needed that help. I, you know, otherwise I don't know if I would have been really able to finish it. Um, knowing that I had that support, mm-hmm. I knew that it could be finished and it could be something instead right. of me writing. So now did, did her company then 
uh, get your book distributed or like, what did they do besides just like physically publishing it? What else did they do? Well, she helped me through a whole process of um, the copy editing, which I think was really, really important. Um, and I had, she, she connected me with what I thought was the best copy editor for me. She, we just, she, she had a background in what I did and she was able to really connect with what I wrote and really help me organize everything that I wrote and make it. I always say I wrote from my heart and she made it pretty. Um, she just knew where to put everything. And, uh, and I trusted her and I trusted the guidance that I was getting. So that, that was really big going through. And it was not just that copy editing, but there was a three process, a three processes of, of the copy editing, um, and all the different types of editing that the company helped me do. And then they did promotion and they helped me get the, they helped me to pick the, um, the book cover. We did the book cover contest and they, walked me through all of that, um, helped me with the marketing. Um, when it was ready to be launched, we did a whole week launch. Um, it really helped guided me throughout the whole process. And it was very helpful. So tell me about the book itself. It's, it's such an unusual title, No Child Left Unwrapped, Understanding and Honoring the Gifts Every Child is Born With. Yeah. So in my practice, um, as I said, I work with a lot of children, uh, a lot of children on the spectrum, a lot of children with uh, different developmental uh, differences, as I like to call it. And what I started seeing was this pattern um, over the years as well. I, I not only started seeing these kids with these diagnoses, but I also started seeing a lot of kids with um, anxiety disorder and depression and things like that. And it was starting to really concern me. And I started to learn more and more about something called sensory integration and also sensory sensitivity and really discovering more about a trait called a highly sensitive person or highly sensitive child. And I started connecting the dots a lot and seeing that there was a connection here. Parents were telling me all the time, even with their kids that had all these developmental delays, how compassionate and caring they were. And how they would know that their mom wasn't feeling well, even when mom was trying to hide that she had had a bad day that day. And yet the child would come up and just say, mommy's sad, mommy's sad, you know, things like that. And I just started hearing this more and more and more and realizing that, you know, there was something going on here in the nervous system. That when a child or an individual has a hypersensitive nervous system, it changes brain development. It changes the way the body responds. It changes everything in the body, you know, based on the parasympathetic, sympathetic nervous system. It's sending signals, tells your body whether it's safe to engage and connect with others or it's not safe and you need to protect yourself. And so when your system, when your nervous system is highly sensitive, you're constantly in fear of what's going on around you. And if the sensory system is not bringing in information from the outside world in an organized way, um, it's very fearful. And so that changes the way your brain develops. And so I started really putting a lot of attention and focus in this area. And I started really feeling too that more and more kids were born highly sensitive and there were more kids being high, highly sensitive. And I started realizing that I'm highly sensitive. As I learned more and more about the trait, started making my whole life make sense. It made my experiences growing up make sense. All the challenges that I had growing up it started making a lot of sense. And uh, 
I didn't even realize it when I was writing the book that I was writing the book about me. I thought I was writing the book about my brother who had learning disabilities and learning challenges and behavioral issues um, and helping parents like my mom try to understand him um, when there wasn't really any support outside uh, from school or anything. And that's what it started out being. And the No Child Left Unwrapped came from the old idea, the old legislation of no child left uh, behind, which hurt a lot of kids. And, and that at that time, when I came up with that title and I started writing the book, that legislation was still in place. It was just getting replaced. But um, parents coming to me over the years telling me how much that legislation hurt their kids in school. Um, so the unwrapped part was honoring every child, no matter how we process, no matter how we see the world, that it's okay. So the No Child Left Behind put pressure on children to catch up, as it were, and be like all the other children. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, to be in a box, right? The mm -hmm. system wants to try to keep every child in a box and keep them all alike. And it's about, no, we get power from diversity. It's so important. Well, and learning styles, you know, the, or perhaps that was at a time when they didn't realize how many of us have very different learning styles. And, um, you know, some are visual learners, some are kinesthetic learners, some are this, and yet the school system tends to be quite homogenous in its approach. Yeah, exactly. And in fact, my brother used to always say that I'm smart, mom. The teachers just don't know how to teach to me. And I remember <laughs> him getting in a lot of trouble for saying that. Because but he was he was right on, wasn't he? So right on. So right, because he was sensitive and he knew things without having to be taught, but he wasn't able to learn the way they were teaching him. Well, I seem to recall that Einstein didn't do well in school, right? <laughs> it's like, why didn't he do well in school? It's a good question. Right. And he got his intelligence from another place. Where did he get his information? Not from outside. He got his information from within. And this is where our connection with heart is so important. And when we disconnect from this in order to connect to the outer world early on in our childhood, we're missing such an important part of who we truly are. And then we spend the rest of our life trying to reconnect with who we are, right? Sounds to me like your book is not just for parents of children with learning disabilities and, and other challenges. It's for adults as well to maybe have some light bulbs go off about their own journey. Exactly. Um, I've, I've had a lot of adults tell me that, that from reading my book, they actually started to understand their own childhood a little bit better, but also understanding family members better mm -hmm. and having a different perspective of how we all perceive the world differently. So do you plan to write another book? I'm actually writing another book right now. Oh, um, really? What is, and what is it about? Well, what's interesting, um, again, so I've had this plan for a while and the title of the book I have to share that because that's part of what's happened in the, in the last few years. The title is an audiologist learns to listen. And every time I go to write the book, I hear this little voice that says, you can't write that book yet because you haven't learned to listen yet. And so the last couple of years, I've been really working at reconnecting with my heart and learning to listen to my inner guidance and, um, 
a lot of deep thinking and a lot of deep introspection. And um, finally, my voice is now saying, that little voice is now saying, okay, it's the right time. And I started writing. I've got it organized this time. I'm doing it all differently. Last time I just wrote from the heart and let someone else organize it. This time I actually have a whole strategy put in place. And it feels a little bit better um, as far as because I know where I'm going to start and I know where it's going to go. Although I know it's going to go probably in another place anyway, and it's okay. Um, But I'm really excited about it. Wonderful. And now are you going to still publish with the same uh, friend, Friends Publishing Company? I, I don't know. Maybe. I haven't decided yet, but I definitely know um, I do want to try to reach out for the same editor that I had because we had a connection. Um, and But I'm open because I never know, you know, what's going to, what, you know, what where am I being guided, right? That's part of what I'm learning to do. And in an audiologist learns to listen. It's about learning to listen to where you're guided. Not not always thinking from the mind and thinking what you should do, but to be open and uh, allow spirit to lead you uh, to where you need to be. And so very open. Well, it's it's exciting for you to be doing a second book, and it 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 shows that you are compelled with ideas and experiences in your own life that you need to share them with others. So I think that's wonderful. So what advice would you give to writers that are just starting out with their first book? Well, one of the things I learned after writing my book was writing the book was actually the easy part. (laughs) Uh, Marketing the book, getting it out there, that to me is more challenging. Um, Maybe not for everybody, but for me, that's the challenging part. Um, But what I think is really, really important is to just really to write from the heart, to get out of the head, write from the heart and let somebody else who their specialty is copy editing. Um, Their specialty is the words. Their specialty is the language. Their specialty is cleaning it up, right, for presentation so that you don't get bogged down from all of that because that will stop you from writing. I know that has stopped me from writing, thinking that I couldn't write it the right way. You know, it's not perfect, but it doesn't have to be. As long as I write from what I feel and hear, someone else um, in partnership will help um, make it presentable. Absolutely. So um, as a book coach, I often uh, tell my clients that it's like having um, it's like having a little angel on one shoulder and a little devil on the other shoulder, and then there's one is the creator angel and the other one is the critic devil, right? And you really, when you want to write, you just need to lock up the critic in the closet and just let the creative juices flow where they may. And then once you've maybe gotten a bit of distance, you know, leave it for a day or something and come back to it, putting the critic hat on or handing it over to an editor who's going to have that objective view. But you can't have both of those things on both shoulders at the same time. It just doesn't work. (laughs) Really doesn't. Yeah, I can see an argument happening at every moment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not it's not a good way of going and letting the learning how to let those creative juices flow without critiquing yourself as you go is so liberating when you figure out how to do that. Um, and that's some, one of the things that I help my yeah. clients do. It's um, very free, right? We want to be free to write. 
Yeah. And I mean, Ernest Hemingway famously said, the first draft of everything is, and he used a four letter word that starts with S. So garbage, let's say. <laughs> Sounds and, like Renee Brown stuff that she calls yeah. me. <laughs> so it, yeah, because yeah, the first draft, you're just That's getting the ideas out and you're not trying to polish them and take out all those extra words that don't need to be there and doing all of that sort of work. You're just getting the ideas out. That's the point. Right. Right. And, and just knowing that somebody else um, will help, you know? Absolutely. It's, it's not a solo enterprise. You need, you need to reach out to somebody that's going to make your work the very best it can be. I'm glad that you found a good editor. That's that's a great thing to have. And uh, I'm so thankful that we were able to hear your story and hear about your book and, and the next book that's on the way. And um, thank you so much for sharing with us today, Shelley. And um, we wish you all the best with your second book. Um, how do we find your first book? Is it on Amazon? Yes, it's on Amazon. Okay. And yep. so Shelley, Shelley's name is... S-H-E-L-L-E-Y, and then Frances, F-R-A-N-C-I-S. And I will put her name and the book title in the show notes for this podcast. So thanks again so much, Shelley. Thank you, Rochelle. All right. Take care. So thank you so much for joining us at Buzz on Book Biz. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, could you give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? That would be terrific. Information and links about today's guest are in the show notes. And if you'd like to connect with me, please visit my website, RochelleWiseman.com. And my email is Rochelle at RochelleWiseman.com. So until next time, stay safe and read a good book. Bye for now.